everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've got another awesome guest for you. Uh, this is Chris Lopez. He is the founder and CEO of Debt Free Degree, a software aimed at helping high school students plan for college so that they can get their degrees debt free. Chris has done an awesome job putting together this software. You can sign up for a free account at debtfreedegree.com right now and go ahead and check that out. It's an awesome platform. He's working on it every day and making it better. Go take a look at it and be among the first to, to use it. Chris, thank you so much for joining me, man. Thanks for having me, my man. It's been a been a long time since we uh, last hung out. I mean, all the way back into college, man. Yeah, it's been some time. It's been some time. You've really come a long way, though. You've uh, you've taken it seriously. You've taken this from an idea to something you've executed on. Why don't you kind of, in your words, describe what what is debt free degree? So, debt free degree is an application that helps kids graduate from college without taking out any loans. So essentially what we've done is we've created a software that really communicates uh, financial, really good financial concepts that maybe you would hear from like a financial advisor. But what we do is we try to simplify it. So we try to simplify it so maybe a freshman in high school or a sophomore would understand. Um, so we talk about things like saving and then acquiring things like grants, scholarships, loans. And really, it's just it's a balance sheet and an income statement. It's all it is. We just try to simplify it into terms as where... Uh, a younger person would understand. And I think it's something that the that the high school system is is kind of lacking a little bit right now. And I think this is an opportunity for for a lot of uh, a lot of growth. I, I couldn't agree more. Why did student debt appeal to you? Like, why is that something that you chose to tackle? It's not nothing light, you know, like there's a huge commitment to solving this issue. Why is this the one for you? So I think the thing that that resonated with me the most was that I had the opportunity to go to college and did not come out with any debt. And I just, I never really had that big of a problem with, with the debt thing. And I was like, I, I can't imagine what it'd feel like to be in debt. So what I did is I, I just, I started out with a problem, right? That's how, that's how most entrepreneurs and owners, that's how they start. They start off with a problem that kind of resonates with them a little bit. And my thing was, I truly wanted everybody to have the opportunity to go to college and finances not be a burden on them. So I started thinking about like, how, how is this going to work? I mean, student debt is like a, it's a big thing. So I just kind of applied what I knew, which was financial concepts. And I just applied that into a program. And then with that, I had to start learning technology and things like that. What, what's the story of debt-free degree? Like, how did you get started? How did it go from idea to a real thing? So... I graduated from school in 2019, uh, May of 2019, and then I hopped into the workforce about a month later. And as soon as I hopped in the workforce, I knew that I had to do something that was going to be, I guess, like mine in a way, something that I felt passionate about, something I had to create, something tangible. And the real story was that I start out with a problem, like most owners or CEOs, how they do it. I start out with a problem. And I figured, how, how am I going to solve this? What, what's a way that we can do this? And I did it through the way I knew, which was financial planning. And after you start figuring out all this stuff, you start realizing, hey, is this possible to actually get a kid through college without taking on debt? So I started doing the research and I built out actually tons of financial models just through Excel, things like that. And I was like, it's possible. Like it really is possible to graduate from college without taking on debt. Uh, it's just, 
it's finding the right path to get there and sticking to that path. And that's what we try to do with the software. We, we try to create this, this straight line for students and they're not going to, they're not going to walk a straight line. They're going to go all over the place, but as long as they can stay close to that straight line, they can graduate without debt. And I think that was kind of like the real value for me was when I figured that out, I was like, I have to run with this. I have to run with this. And that's when I came to you to uh, start drawing up some of the designs for the program. So really, it's it's almost a communication tool, what you've built, right? Like you've kind of found this method that, that you've proven through mathematic, like mathematically can lead to you achieving this result of not having to take out debt. And you're just developing the software in order to help people visualize it and implement it in their lives and stay on track. Is that right? Right, right. I mean, that's that's what a lot of it is. I mean, I think there's so many programs out there that are the really good programs, and you know that they're good programs, but sometimes when you're not like that tech savvy or you're a little bit younger, you just don't understand it. So we try to simplify it like as much as we possibly could. I mean, you've seen that you've seen the program, you've seen how simple it is and all the feedback I've gotten. It's everything. Even if some things aren't working, the one thing I always hear back is, hey, this is like the easiest program to navigate. And that's exactly how we wanted to do it. We want it as simple as a middle schooler could go into our program and say, Oh, this is how you save money. This is how you apply for a scholarship. This is how you get a grant. Oh, there's this thing called the FAFSA on there. So we, re we really just try to simplify it in that way. And as time goes on, as you know, as a business owner yourself, you, you, you kind of become, when you're the owner, you become the filter of all the crap, right? You just kind of deal with all, <laughs> you're the filter. That's what you are. You're the filter because all you worry about now are problems. And that's one thing I've kind of noticed as time has went on. It's not so much like doing the research. Any, I mean, you're always doing research, but it's more so just figuring out every single problem and attacking it. And as soon as that problem is done, go attack another one. And then obviously uh, coordinating them in a way to where, uh, where uh, you put the biggest ones on top. So when you're talking about these problems, you're talking about like things that your customers have noticed that, you know, hey, we've got to fix this bug on this page. Is that kind of problem that you're talking about? Or, or do you mean more like other things? Uh, I, I think it can be both. So there could be, there could be a software problem. There could be a bug as to where if I'm a student and I'm trying to sign in, but for some reason I'm not getting the confirmation link in my email, then that's like a bug problem that we could fix. And then uh, I think the bigger problems we, we kind of attacked earlier on because I mean, for me, I didn't want to have to deal with those, with those bigger problems as, as time went on, you want to attack them and early, earlier on. So they don't become bigger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So right now uh, with debt free degree, we try to figure out what are, what are the students looking for? What do they like? What do they not, what do they like and not like? And the things that they do like, we try to expand on things they don't like. We try to communicate it in a different way or we try to get rid of it completely. So I know that you're, you're in an early stage of the launch, right? So that you have some customers that are using the software, you're getting some initial feedback and now you're looking to continue to develop it and get more customers on it. How much of your product would you say is released? Like how much of it, how far along are you towards your vision for what this app is going to be? Um, <laughs> it's funny with technology. I feel like you're never actually done, right? You're just, you're always built, <laughs> you're always building on it. I mean, you want it to be better and better every day. So definitely I, as far as the vision goes, I think that over the past year, because we actually formed the, the corporation in February of this year. So over the course of this year, we've came a long way. We really have. I mean, it, it's crazy to have an idea and put it on a paper 
And then you see it and then it's like, okay, now I got to raise some capital to go make this happen. And then you start putting it together. And in terms of the actual vision and seeing it, I think we're just about there. I, I really do think we're just about there. But I think that just that's just the core. That's just the base. And there's so many different ways you can scale business. You, you know how it is. Um, totally. So I, in, in terms of actually creating the vision, I think the vision is just about there. Now it's just making the business model work. Now it's like, okay, how do, how do we start getting money in this thing? How do we make it better? How do we help people? How do we truly help people? So uh, in terms of the actual vision, I, I would say we're, we're, we're well on our way. That's awesome to hear. How has that process been for you of like taking it from, you know, last I saw the the site, you know, we kind of created some mock-ups of how like the different pages were going to look. What was that process like for you? I know it's tough to go from a design to a developed product. Right. Um, are, you, are you talking about kind of getting into the tech space in, in a way? Is that kind of what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, yeah. Moving, moving from, from design to tech. Right. So... The way I, I kind of started is I had the idea in my head, said, okay, we, how, how are we going to solve student debt? And I said, okay, we'll, we'll financial plan for it. So I started drawing up some plans. How would it look? What, what are the expenses that come along with going to college? You have your room and board. You have, uh, you have your housing, things like that. And so I started drawing up the plans. And then one day I just said, okay, these are all the things I want in the program. These are all the things that can help people. Uh, these are some things that maybe might not help people now, but could help them down the road. So I wrote down a list. I mean, this is what happened. I, as soon as I got the idea, I wrote down a list of all the things I, I thought could help people get through school without taking out debt. And after creating that list, I'm like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to communicate that? So I started to actually drop the designs with paper and pencil for about a month. I remember I'd wake up before work to do this. I, I'm not a night owl. That's just never been my thing. I like to wake up early and uh, get after it. So I'd wake up before work, work on some designs, crumble it up. I remember it being actually like 4.30 in the morning, crumbling up a piece of paper and throwing it in the trash can. I'm just like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, over time though, it, it finally came together. You just, just, keep, just keep grinding, you just keep going. And eventually the, uh, the designs started coming out. I gave them to you and then I, I just, uh, I kind of just built off the designs. I had no idea how the back end worked or the front end worked. I just said, I don't care. I'll, fi I'll figure it out. So it's, it's been quite a learning curve then like to get the, the, the technical aspect of it, like working with software developers and, and building that out for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I started off, I started off with MySQL. that was or SQL. So I actually took a class on that. Um, just so I get the vocabulary down, understanding what an API is, understanding some of the functions, little things like that. But it, it's great because now, now I, I have MySQL Workbench on my laptop and I, I could read it fairly well. Other languages I don't understand as well, but I could have a conversation about them. I, you start to develop in your head how, how you could build out something. Where, where can you pull the data from and, and things like that. So it, it's, it's been a huge learning curve, but I mean, I love it. I love it. I really think that that was wise of you. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't don't do that part where they don't go learn like the basic aspect of the technology and it just makes it so challenging because if you don't know the basics of what you're talking about it's really tough to manage a team of developers to work towards what you want. I think that was that was smart of you. So you're doing all of this while you have a full-time <laughs> job, right? Right, right. That's crazy. So you mentioned that you were that you had at some point been looking for funding. I don't know if you ended up actually taking any funding, but is the goal to to make it your full time thing through that means before it's revenue revenue positive? 
or uh, net profit? Yeah, you know, um, I think there, so there's a couple opportunities we have coming up. And I think I told you this the other day is that we do have an opportunity to get into high schools. I mean, we're, we're trying to do B2B type marketing. So I think we can give it a shot. I really do think we could give it a shot without getting the funding right away. If we could generate some revenue without funding, that that would really be something magical. Um, but if it comes down to it, I, th- I think funding, I mean, anytime you have funding, it's going to help you. I, I really do believe that because um, you could you could build on things, you get better APIs, you could get better developers, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so I'm really just waiting to see what, what the opportunity is going to be. Uh, I mean, the one that we have right now, we might not even need funding, which would be awesome, you know, if we got if we got to keep everything in house and, and that. So, uh, I mean, moving forward, we're we're gonna try to not acquire funding right away. We're gonna try to do everything on our own. But if we do sure. have to, if we do have to go that route, we will go that route. And that makes sense too, because then you get to keep one hundred percent of the pie too. So that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And to to be entirely um, honest, I, I know as as most business owners, you, you want to keep one hundred percent of the pie and I do too, but I, I'm not in this for the money. I, I really am not. I just want to prove to people that this is possible. That that's what's gonna like make me happy. That's what's gonna make developers on my team happy. Is like, hey, we can make this possible. And that's why it was so hard to find a developer. It, it was really hard for me to find a developer because it was just like something wasn't there wasn't like that uh, that electricity, you know? I needed I needed to find a developer that I could work with that understood my way of thinking, I understood their way of thinking. And how would we communicate with each other? And the first developer I worked with, he was a finance major, went to USC. He did the whole Greek life thing. I'm like, all right, we could we could bond on this. This is something that we could get along really well. And uh, he believed in the idea. And I hired another developer on, and, and she is a teacher, so it's perfect. So I I'm yep. I'm, I'm pretty picky about who who I'm going to work with for the most part. Well, that's that's really wise. That's another thing that I think a lot of people do. They just pick the first person who's willing to jump on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hey, when you're when you're starting out, you're desperate. Like you're desperate. Yeah. I remember I would send out, <laughs> I would send hundreds of messages on LinkedIn. Hundreds. I would add people. I'd send them a quick message. I paid for this LinkedIn subscription. I was just messaging hundreds of people just to get some kind of response. And then eventually, like you get a couple of responses here or there, then you could start being a little more choosy. I love that. <laughs> Quit hustle. Yeah. <laughs> what a, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned as you you know, develop an app, as you as you build a business. What have been your biggest lessons learned? Like, what are what are some things that caught you by surprise, maybe, or mistakes that you've made? Um. Let's see. Patience has always been. I've, I've always had a very love hate relationship with patience. It's, it's a weird thing because it's when you believe in something, you know, it's going to work, but it's kind of like, you're just waiting there and you, you know, it's going to work. So you're kind of waiting there and you want to do everything you can to like speed everything up. And I think my, I think my biggest flaw personally was my patience is just not there. <laughs> you know, I want, I want everything to work quickly, but I want to work well. So I'm, I'm trying to think of like the biggest thing that really like slowed us down. Um, we, we did a lot of our outsourcing. So a lot of the software was, was outsourced out of the country. I wouldn't say that was a mistake because the obviously if you're outsourcing, the, the price is going to be lower. I don't think that was a mistake. But my developers now that are in the country, they're kind of paying the repercussions off. They're paying the repercussions of it because it's you. the code isn't as good as it should be. It's not up to par. So you got to go back and fix it. So... I think it's very important that if you're going to outsource something, 
you need to make sure that it's written perfectly. Uh, every mm. little, every little thing has to be perfect. Um, just because it, people are in different cultures, they don't understand. Uh, some people don't understand the way we think, and we don't understand the way they think. So um, that was probably my, my. I wouldn't say it was a mistake. I would say it was more of a learning experience. Is that I. I realize if I am going to do something like that, I, I would do it a little bit differently. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what do you think has been like the hardest part of this journey for you? Um, <laughs> the patience, a hundred percent. The patience, because uh, I mean, realistically, I, I graduated in 2019, and then I started drawing up the or in May of 2019, I started drawing up the plans, the ideas, probably in June, July of 2019, and then. Probably for about six months, it was all just research, a little bit of development on the on the design side, working with you, and then I officially established the LLC in, in February. So we officially kind of started at that point, and then we just launched last month, kind of a solar launch, and kind of like it that way since we're B two B anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I think I think the patience is, has always been kind of the hardest thing for me because you you just. It's like it's there. You want to grab it, but it's you can't grab it yet. <laughs> so that's that's, that's yep. kind of been it. That's tough with software development for sure. Mm-hmm. So you keep saying that you're doing B two B. When you say that, I imagine you mean that you're going to schools and you're selling to the entire school rather than selling to an individual student, right? Right, right. So originally we weren't going to be B two B. We were going to be B two C. We were just going to do some marketing advertisements online, things like that. Kind of went down that rabbit hole, found out it was a huge money pit doing Facebook marketing, things like that. That just wasn't the route I wanted to go. So I took a Facebook advertising course. And I was like, I can do this, but it's going to be really time consuming. It's going to be a lot of money. I'm like, there has to be a more efficient way. And then I started realizing like, well, what if we just sold it to a school? If we just sold it to a school, maybe you give a pitch or two in front of a staff. And then it goes out to, instead of one student, it goes out to a thousand students. So we kind of figured that would probably be the best way to do it. And not only that, but we've never really expected the student to be paying for the program. So we were either going to have a school pay for it or the teacher pay for it. So we're not going to the students. I just want to make any sense. So we, we're going to go directly to, to the schools and focus on the B2B. And kids at 14, 15 years old, they're not thinking about college. They're, they're not thinking about college, really. I mean, most kids aren't. I wasn't thinking about that. I was more focused if I was going to go three for three in my baseball game, you know. <laughs> so, so I, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of knew that the kids wouldn't be as interested, but it was more so something they needed. Mm-hmm. And I think schools could, could, uh, resonate with that. So we focus more so on the schools. Are you focusing only on schools or are districts part of your plan too? Districts for sure. I think districts would actually be better because it's a, cause they're in charge of a, a bunch of schools. So yeah, no districts for sure. And I'm working with a teacher right now, actually. He's a teacher in the Anaheim school district. And he's like, this, he's like, would you ever pitch to a district? I'm like, yeah, that, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, that, that'd be great because that's, I mean, cause you're getting the, you're getting the knowledge out there, you're getting the idea out there more. And I mean, you're helping out more kids. Like, I mean, simple as that. You're helping out more people instead of helping out a thousand kids in a high school, you're helping out 10,000 kids in the district. That's ultimately what we're trying to do is just kind of help out as much people as we can. So you used to work for McGraw-Hill selling textbooks. I imagine, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine uh, that this is a very similar kind of sale. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, that's so funny you bring that up, man. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah. So I worked for McGraw-Hill and 
it was just like a summer job. Most of it was just moving inventory around, things like that. But there were some times where I'd be able to listen to the salesman. So I get to hear them on the phone a little bit, interacting with the education staff of a school or something like that. And I was like, okay, so you, you could sell to schools. They, they have budgets, things like that. And it's weird because that, that's kind of when my interest sparked the, in the education industry, like industry. And I, that's when I started developing a passion for, hey, I, I, I love college. Like college is awesome. I, I, love, I love to go to class, love to learn. So yeah, I, I worked for McGraw-Hill and then that has come back and helped me, which is the weirdest thing. Cause I'm like, I'm never going to sell. Ten- it's just, I, um, <laughs> so McGraw-Hill, McGraw-Hill is a, it's a great company and they have a really interesting business model. The way their model works is that they have all these external salespeople and they're in charge of regions, right? It's a very, it's a very common model. And that's how eventually I could see the direction of debt-free degrees model going is that, hey, we have all these salespeople that are going out to schools and they're kind of focusing on, hey, what are the schools like? What are they not like? What can we improve? And then ultimately getting the system integrated into the high school. So I, I learned I learned about McGraw-Hill's business model when I was working there. And then I got to hear the salespeople and pitching, having a sales call on the phone, like for insurance or having a sales call on the phone for a stock or something like that. It's a lot different than pitching to the education system because you're working with kids. It's, it's, it's a big thing. And uh, I, I got a lot of experience just kind of listening to those phone calls. And I don't even know if she knew I was listening, but I was listening. So I, I, I think down the road when we start selling to some high schools or at least integrating the program, we could kind of get a general idea of what the schools are looking for because they don't want some greedy business owner going in there and, you know, just shoving their product at them. And that's not what we're about. We're about actually get, making sure these kids are getting the help they need and get education. What has the process been like so far for you? I know you, we've talked about this briefly offline, how you have, you know, a set of, I think you said it was 30 to 50 students that are like the first ones that are testing your, your product. I don't know if that number was right, but mm-hmm. what's that process been like for you getting the initial feedback? Right. Um, so we haven't integrated the students just yet into the program, but we've still gotten feedback just through oh, okay. uh, personal connections. I've had some of my sister's friends use the platform a little bit. I've had teachers actually sign up, got feedback from teachers, had some staff of high school sign up. Uh, so I've had, I really have had a, a really good taste of everybody signing up and using it. And so far it's, it's been pos- It's been all positive feedback for the most part. Like I said, the one thing that's always stuck out is, Hey, it's easy to navigate. And that's the most important thing really. Cause we're nice. trying to, yeah, we're trying to commute. We're trying to communicate financial concepts to, to younger, to younger people. So we, we've gotten some feedback and, in a few weeks, we will be planning to implement about 30 students into the program. And that'll be our big first, uh, our first solid like customer base that we could actually gather some data on, start analyzing it, figuring out, and then doing interviews, trying to figure out what they like and don't like, things like that. And then eventually, uh, hopefully, uh, work with, a, with the whole entire school instead of just the 30 students. So obviously you can't conduct like actual <laughs> interviews with these students for two reasons. One, they're kids and two, mm-hmm. you know, it's COVID. So how are you planning on getting that feedback from, from this really important, u- your end users really? Right. So we, we are going to set up a survey. So we'll set up a survey. Cool. Uh, I, you recommended one to me. I think it was through Google, right? That sounds like something I would recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're going to use, we're going to use some other survey monkey or use Google's platform. So we'll get a survey going and then what I'd really like to do is actually select a few students out and then actually have their parents on the call too. 
So we'll, we'll work with the mm-hmm. parents as well, do a Zoom call with the parent and the student. Hey, like, did you save any money this month? Uh, did you not save any money this month? What could have helped you? Things like that. So we'll, we'll conduct, I mean, it's all about gathering the data and, and analyzing it and fixing the program to make it better and helping the customer out, you know? Do you imagine that the parents are going to be super involved in like the student's use of the program or is it going to be like student and teacher more than student and parent? I think it's going to be both. I think it will be both because if we're, if it's going into a school then the teacher is going to present the program to the entire class, they're going to say, this is how it works. This is how you navigate it. And after a 10 minute tutorial, the students showing them, they, they should have a pretty good understanding of really what, what financial concepts are, saving money, acquiring money having a steady, a steady stream of income coming in, maybe through a job or maybe you're part of a scholarship program. And I think it will be more so the teachers, but having the parents on the side is just, that's just more help for, for the student ultimately. Mm. But uh, I mean, ultimately the, we want the, we want the student to be able to do everything on their own as much as they can, because this is right. something like I, going back to what I said earlier, this is something that isn't really taught in schools right now. And it's, it's a big problem. We, we don't learn when we're in high school, at least I never learned this. I never really learned how money was made. That was something I learned probably like my third or fourth year of college. I understood like kind of how money is made and how it grows and things like that. And that's another thing that we're talking about scaling the business in a certain direction is, Hey, let's, let's get some interest for these kids, you know? So that, that's, that's obvious. That's another route we can go. And Interesting. Yeah, no, it, it could, it could be a, it could be a good opportunity, but the, the student and the teacher should have a pretty close bond when it comes to, to going to college or the counselor for that matter. I'm just trying to imagine like how this would fit into like a high school curriculum. What mm-hmm. class do you imagine? Like, is there a specific subject that you think your software will fit into? Or is it more of like a, you know, you're going to have a one-on-one session with your counselor? Mm-hmm. So I've actually never been asked this question, surprisingly, but I would say math. It has to be math. It's, it's money. It's, you're working with numbers. You're working with hmm. acquiring scholarships. It'd have to be math, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're logging because if you look on the dashboard of the platform, you have, a, you have a monthly log of saving money. You have a chart that shows you, hey, this is the pace that you, or pace that you need to stay on in order to graduate from college debt-free, making sure you're not taking out loans. So it, it would have to be math because you're working with numbers and things like that. But I, I also like the idea of working with a counselor, working one-on-one with a counselor and having them show you, hey, check out this scholarship that we just found on Debt Free Degrees platform. Like you fit the perfect criteria for it. Like you have to apply. So it could go both ways. I actually love the idea of it being math. I think that I, mm-hmm. I, that's not what I thought you were going to say, <laughs> but I think it makes so much sense because huh? not only is it like, okay, it's numbers that make sense and there's going to be someone who knows math there who can help you if you get stuck, but also like the kids are going to be excited to have debt-free degree days because they're not mm-hmm. going to be doing algebra. They're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, doing doing their budget and stuff. So yeah. I think that's I think that's a pretty sweet idea you got there, man. <laughs> yeah, let me write that down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Math, I think, I think math would be good. I think we could, we could both agree on that. And people, people want to talk about their finances, right? They don't want to learn calculus or pre-calc. Like they, they want to be talking about their finances. How, what's it, what's in it for me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I would have signed up for two math classes in high school. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> uh, um, yeah, good stuff. So what do you, what do you kids like need to do when they're part of your program? Do, like you mentioned getting a job, getting grants, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like how late is too late in the game for people to like succeed in getting a debt-free degree? Uh, and you know, what steps do they need to take once they, once they do get involved? 
Right. So this was this was a big thing earlier on when we were when I when I was doing the research was that I was trying to figure out how late can a student start saving before they can graduate from college without debt. And the answer was you could really start saving and be comfortable with going to college if you take the JC route and then you go to a four-year in-state college. You could really start your your senior year. You could start at the beginning of your senior year. It's possible. I don't recommend it because the earlier on that you start saving, the better off you're going to be because I would much rather start my freshman or sophomore year of saving, have $5,000 in scholarships, have $10,000 in savings from the summer jobs I've had. Now I have $15,000 and I'm not even a senior yet. And then senior year, you could continue to work a job. Now you have $25,000 and that's like, wow, I might even be able to go straight to a four year. I don't even need to go to a JC at this point. And then once once you're in college, definitely recommend working at least part time. I mean, I think it's not only good financially, but it's good. It's good overall. It's a good learning experience. You're trying to manage your time. I mean, you, you and I both went through that. So trying to manage your time in college is also a good learning experience. But back back to your original question, you could start as late as your senior year if you wanted to at the beginning. So you could you could have about a year. Uh, about 10 to 12 months and you could still graduate from college debt-free and I can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so you, you met the, the track that you're imagining most of these students taking, right? Is they start somewhere in high school, they start saving, they start getting a, They get a job after school hours and that's what they're using to fuel, uh, their, their savings, right? The, this job, right. Is, or is, are you expecting some level of contribution from the parents too? I'm expecting no contribution from the parents. I'm taking it as, hey, I'm a student. My parents aren't helping me out with college at all. It's all on me. They don't really, they, they simply don't care if I go to college or not. So it's all on the student. I think getting a job, it's not really necessary. It's possible to start college without doing any form of work prior to your freshman year of college. You could actually just get it through other sources of, of funding or through your FAFSA application. That's another big thing that that we haven't really discussed so much, but the FAFSA application is another big thing because it's all about, a lot of it's just based off your family's uh, income. So if you're a student that you're in a low income household, a lot of your college is paid for already. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but if you're in a low income household, your tuition is going to be, it's going to be covered. So the Fed is a little bit more generous when it comes to those lower income households, which is nice. So, I mean, every, every situation is different. Every situation is different. And that's why you had to build a software around it. You couldn't just give a nice right. TED talk. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Every, every, every situation is different. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing because for me, it's kind of as clear as day. It's just, it's financial planning. You save money, you have an income stream and you hold on to that money, maybe get some interest on it and you pay for school with it. And these, a lot of high school students, they just, they weren't, they, they're not taught it. I, I was never taught this stuff. And it's, it's, it's really kind of a sad thing, but I know that a lot of high schools are starting to get better about implementing these, these financial classes and how to buy a house, how to manage your money. Should I see a financial advisor, how to make money, things like investing, investing in, in stocks and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think we could step in and kind of help with that problem as well. And you're not just teaching them about saving for college either. Like these principles are 
used to solve more than one financial issue in your life. Like learning how to save and avoiding debt. These are things that can help you, you know, if you want to save up to buy a house, if you want to start a business, like whatever you want to do in life, like having a basic financial working knowledge is super useful. So you're, you're doing a lot of good. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, we, I mean, our ultimate goal is to have money left over. We hope, we hope after they graduate that they still have money left over. And that's why if you go to our plan summary section, you'll see that there is a required amount that you should save and then there's an expected amount. That expected amount is just an increased percentage of the required amount. So if you shoot for the expected amount, it's, hey, we have an extra $10,000 left over from graduating from college, which would be fantastic. That's awesome. So you're not just giving them like the bare minimum they need to do to, to, to scrape by. You're saying like mm -hmm. you can actually flourish, like you can succeed. You mm -hmm. can do more than scrape by. Absolutely. Uh, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. If, if we can, uh, if we can help more than we already are, then it could be a really, really special product and concept. And I mean, when you graduate from college, a lot of parents don't want their kids moving back home. So having that extra money on the side to go move out could, could be a very big help for a lot of kids. It can be stressful. Yeah. Uh, so what do you see as like the long-term vision for either debt-free degree or yourself as an entrepreneur? Like, is this, is this like your one and done company that you're going to stick with forever? Or do you want to sell it someday? Like, what, what do you think? Um, thought about this a lot. <laughs> I have, I think it comes down to if the right time, the right place, and I feel that I can hand it off to somebody that I trust is going to do good for the company that could actually do a, but if they could do a better job than me, then I would do it because they're going to do a better job for me. Their best interest is making sure the customer is satisfied and the customer is taken care of. I, I would part ways from the company, but this could also be the rest of my life, which I would have no problem doing that. If I, if I could spend the rest of my life helping out kids not have financial issues when they graduate, then absolutely. I'll do that for the rest of my life. That's, I, I have enough passion to be doing this. I mean, you don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning to learn code if you don't have a passion for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta be a certain kind of interested in something to have that level of crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. You definitely have, have enough passion to to do it. That's super cool. Uh do you you know, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier on in this interview was that you started this company partially because you wanted to have something that was your own. You wanted to like be take take charge of something is that what was the driving force for you into entrepreneurship like you're also an employee right now but you know obviously the goal is to make this your full-time thing what are the driving things that make you want to be an entrepreneur the driving things that make me want to be an entrepreneur um it's really simple really you have entrepreneurs have this this inner this inner spirit i i, I feel it like i feel it you probably feel it when you're passionate about something risk it doesn't matter what the risk is. You will do anything to make it happen. And that's that's yep. something I've realized, especially these past couple of weeks. These past couple of weeks, I have really felt the I can take on any risk. And that's a really empowering feeling. And that's that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. That's a feeling I want to live my life by. I want to live very risk tolerant. And that's something I want to do for the rest of my life. So yeah, I mean. The entrepreneurial spirit, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship, right? Because you're, you're passionate about something, you're in love with something, but then again, you're thinking about it 24-7. It doesn't end. I mean, on the way to work, you're thinking about it. You're at work, you're thinking about it. You're hanging out with your friends, you're thinking about it. And I don't know if that's some form of crazy or what, but you will know if you're passionate about something, if you're thinking about it at all hours of the day. 
and the world kind of becomes your library, right? Because if I'm, if my mind is on debt-free degree and people are having a conversation next to me, then I start listening. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know kids could save money like that. So the world really does become your library when you're that passionate about whatever your craft is. It's so true. So much of what you said, I resonate with from, mm -hmm. from talking about, you know, embracing risk to, you know, it following you all day. Like I, I resonate with so much of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's always um, there. It's like I said, it's a love hate relationship because you love it so much, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like, Hey, this is, this is your, this is your girlfriend and you like her having her around, but why is she with you all the time? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like having my space a little bit, but nope. Not with this. With this, it's with you all the time. And I would rather it be with me than without me. And that's that's how I'm going to live my life. What's it like for you bootstrapping this with your full-time job? I imagine that's pretty stressful. Yeah, no, it is. Obviously, there's times when money is tight. There's times when money is not. But kind of going back to what I said, it it doesn't really matter how much. I really don't mind putting all my money into this because I know that I feel passionate about it, care about it. If I risk everything and I lose everything, hey, at least I learned a lesson, right? So obviously it's stressful thinking that, that you're gonna fail, but you can't you can't play the game with fear of failure. So I I don't really I think I've kind of surpassed that idea of hey, I'm gonna fail. I just tell myself I'm not gonna fail and do whatever it is to make this work and I'm gonna win. I, I believe it, man. I so many times like people will like friends of ours from like college or high school or, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. will come up to me and say like, Hey, like I've got this idea for this thing. What do you think? And I'll tell them what I think. And then nothing ever happens from it. Mm -hmm. You did that. And then you actually went and did it. And it's been <laughs> so awesome. Just like watching you just continue to execute on this idea that you had, like, was it two years ago now? Yeah. Uh, yeah a while ago. Like a year, yeah. Like a year and a half in a while. <laughs> it's, it's so cool, man. And I've, I've just been wanting to talk to you about it ever since. Is there any anything else that you feel you want to say about the company where people can find you? Uh, where where do you, where do you want to send people to who might be interested in learning more about Debt Free Degree? Right. So check out our website. It's debtfreedegree.net. You can check us out there. You can also check us out on Instagram. It's debtfree underscore edu. So we do have our Instagram account. We just got that started, got that rolling. And uh, if you ever want to talk to me, my email's on the website. Shoot me, a, shoot me an email if you want to learn more or if there's any way I can help you or a student get, get through college without taking out those loans. Awesome. Chris, you're an inspiration, man. Keep on going. And I, I can't wait to see this thing uh, at full speed. <laughs> Thank you, Max. I appreciate you having me on.